Hello, my friends, and welcome to another podcast where I simply bring you the news that mainstream media conveniently ignore. All that and more coming to you from the land of the Peaky Blinders. In today's show, I'm going to take a look at the UK government's decision to extend the Coronavirus Act for another six months, how the debate went in Parliament on the issue, and what MPs voted to extend it. And finally, the effects this decision will have on all our lives. So to start with, I watched the debate in question. Our MPs debating, then voting on whether to extend the coronavirus bill for an extra six months. But what I ended up watching was our MPs debating for 90 minutes, reaching a decision not to vote on the issue and to just extend the bill anyway. First, I felt confused, but upon realising Parliament just spent 90 minutes, a whole hour and a half, debating about not voting to extend or not the bill, but just bring it in without a vote. I felt totally let down by our MPs. Anger pursued and eventually a realisation that this extension of the coronavirus bill won't be debated against. Also a realisation that they were never not going to extend this bill. They was always going to extend it and they'll probably keep extending it every six months. And I should have saved my frustration. I should have known better. This behaviour by the UK's MPs and indeed leaders across the world should tell everyone, these people who make the decisions on uh, on our behalf, the people, they don't, give, they don't give a rat's ass about us. And in most cases, as has been proved countless times in all four corners of the globe, these parasites don't, don't even mind the odd backhander or a bit of funding here or a little donation there or even in some cases, millions of pounds donated by the UK taxpayer to start up less than substandard, uh, shall we say, PPE providing companies, wasting a good 50 million pounds plus of taxpayers' money on substandard PPE. That's old news. Everyone should, should have realised that by now. But of course, these parasites have got away with it for now. For now. The truth always comes out in the end, and it will here. There will come a point in time in the future where the truth will come out and about, you know, about all of this. And most people will realise how wrong they all were. You'll get family members and friends who have been ostracised or sent to Coventry, as we say here in England, will have to face that person or those people. What will they all say? Sorry, I believe the government and the BBC news over you, my dear. But they were pretty convincing and did have me frightened to leave my bedroom by the end. I even smoked my fags through wearing a mask. Things may have been very different if people just refused to be frightened. Frightened of whatever they were frightened of like being labelled a conspiracy theorist, for instance. Because we all know you only have to ask a question that no one wants to answer these days. 
to get labelled a conspiracy theorist. Um, excuse me, can I have um, any advice on this new vaccine? Will it cause death or even serious illness? What? Conspiracy theorist! Censor her! Ban her! Delete her! Now this is the crazy world we live in. This is neo-capitalism with a dash of Nazism and a big side dish of communism. If us as citizens of this planet don't want to live like this, then make a stand. Simply say no. Fill the streets if you have to, just don't comply. There's enough anguish and pain, terrible things in this world as it is without our leaders trying to lead us into what seems like hell. People need to stop being sheep and start being lions. Stop being frightened to ask questions or even frightened of being wrong, of being duped, realising you've been fooled, been lied to. It's a hard pill to swallow. Turn things around, start thinking critically again and researching yourself. The evidence is everywhere. Go and seek it. Go and find it. There are so many layers of deceit to uncover that will keep you busy for years. So let's have a listen to our Deputy Speaker, the uh, House of Commons and Parliaments. I think it's Dame Eleanor Lang, but my guess may be wrong. The question is motion number four as on the order paper. As many as are of that opinion say aye. Aye. Of the contrary, no. Could I have the no's again? No. I'm afraid, I fear, the mood of the House is not to have a vote on this. <laughs> I do understand. I think the Honourable Gentleman would have to rustle up a few more people to really get the sense that we required a vote when we do... I'm sure they will. So I think the eyes have it, the eyes. Thank you. So there you have it. The six-month extension of the Coronavirus Act passes without any Parliament vote. Hardly any MPs turned up to debate it. Just one MP stood against it with the Deputy Speaker saying it's not the mood of the House to vote on the issue. An absolute disgrace. I just hope everyone realises the severity of this decision. Are more lockdowns on the way for the UK? Does this mean? Are vaccine mandates coming with it? One thing we do know is that they can now carry on with their experiments or clinical trial, like they like to call it, which in turn means more vaccines can be administered upon a dumbed down sleeping public. Well, not for me or mine. So what else is going on around the world? Over in Australia, things have gotten so bad, so draconian, that even Max Egan has fled the country, landing somewhere a little more civilised than us. Yes, Mexico. Well, the Australian truth seeker getting out seems just in the nick of time as the Aussie traitor police came for him days later. Good luck over there, Max. 
over in France, the French are still protesting the vaccine mandates. Well done, the French. We all know you like a good protest. Who knows? Maybe it will be France who will start the revolution. A, re a revolution like no other. A revolution that spreads across the world. Maybe this is what is, is needed. Who knows? Who knows how it will all go? One thing I'm pretty certain about, though, and that's this. They will not win this war. We have the truth on our side. Not books on how to lie with statistics or how to manipulate populations and how to get them all to comply to silly regulations through pure fear-mongering. We, the people, need a world where all are welcome and opportunities are available to everyone. And every single person on this planet has a chance to house and feed their families. A world where health comes before profit and we don't let any one business get too big where they get super greedy and start creating monopolies. A world where no one is allowed to force medic uh, medication on you. Our medical establishments have a massive job on their hands after all this. And that job entails gaining trust from the public again after turning their backs on us and forcing vaccines, lateral flow tests and bullshit PCR tests on us. We will not forget what you all did. Most, I think, are aware in the medical establishments. They just don't want to rock the boat, so to speak, with Big Pharma and good old Bill Gates with their donations and funding. Them and the world's Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded M uh, mainstream media have a lot to answer for. And I don't mean the normal worker who is blind to all this, thinking they are doing their bit. I mean the decision makers. <clears throat> but of course, where major crimes are committed, there is usually unknowing accomplices. There is still glimmers of hope now and again. One such glimmer and proof we even have the odd MP that's still deemed human and humane. Conservative MP Sir Christopher Chope, who presented the COVID-19 vaccine damage bill for its second reading in the House of Commons. The bill seeks to require the government sets up an independent review into disablement caused by COVID-19 vaccinations and whether or not people who have suffered serious side effects from the vaccine are able to access adequate compensation. Well, that's a start. We just have to wait and see how hard they make it uh, to claim. They're going to make it impossible, like they usually do. And remember who pays for your fuck-ups, Boris. Yes, it's the UK taxpayer. Let's have a listen to Maggie Thatcher. In fact, before we listen to Margaret Thatcher, a quick reminder on what happened in our hospitals here in the UK, and indeed, all around the world. Just a quick reminder of the medical tyranny that happened, and no one can explain it better than... Del Big Tree. 
every year prior to COVID-19, if you had trouble breathing, if you had a rhinovirus or a flu virus, you're having an upper respiratory condition, when you went to a hospital, what's the first thing they do? They put you on oxygen. Say, you know what? It looks like your oxygen levels are, are dropping. You're having some difficulty breathing. First thing we're going to do is give you some oxygen. Great idea, except that with this coronavirus, they denied you oxygen. It's the first time we've seen anything like it in history. Why? They had an excuse for it. They said, well, because this coronavirus is so deadly, we can't risk giving you oxygen, which would aerosolize the virus and spread it through the hospital. Therefore, we can only put you in ICU bed. You can't be in any other bed. And you've got to, you know, if you take up that bed, you've got to be put on a ventilator. So until you need a ventilator, there's really nothing we can do for you. And so what we ended up doing was forcing people to crash. Instead of giving them the most obvious treatment right up front, which would be oxygen and maybe vitamin D and, and perhaps a steroid to deal with the infection in their lungs, we denied them everything until their oxygen level dropped so low that then we drugged them and put them into a coma so that we could put them on a ventilator. And we know now, looking back, that ventilators killed nine out of 10 people that were put on them due to coronavirus. We murdered people. Thank you, Dale Bigtree, for putting it so elegantly. Now here's Margaret Thatcher with a message for Boris Johnson. One of the great debates of our time is about how much of your money should be spent by the state and how much you should keep to spend on your family. Let us never forget this fundamental truth. The state has no source of money other than the money people earn themselves. If the state wishes to spend more, it can do so only by borrowing your savings or by taxing you more. And it's no good thinking that someone else will pay. That someone else is you. There is no such thing as public money. There is only taxpayers' money. Well, Margaret Thatcher was spot on there, Boris Johnson. But I suppose they all tell lies to their public, these dirty politicians. So my question to you guys, after listening to our bygone Conservative Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, if that statement is still true in today's politics, why are all our MPs rather rich and a good few multi-millionaires? And that's just in the last 18 months. Enough on UK politics for today anyway. Now a little flick over to the latest stats from the Gov. UK yellow card websites. Dates as of the 6th of October 2021. Deaths 1,719. Serious adverse reactions 1,228,991. All following a medical intervention. It also says uh, this accounts for only 1% to 10% of deaths and injuries that are being reported. Hardly any of them are reported, so you, at worst you can times that by 100, at best times it by 10, that figure. That is a lot of people. And I'll say this again, um, in the last virus outbreak, when they wanted to vaccine everyone, on the vaccine rollout there was 25 deaths and then the vaccine was stopped. So they only 
they only actually um, vaccinated about 3 million people, I think. So after 25 deaths last time, they stopped the vaccine. So what, why haven't they done it this time? And this report covers the period from the 9th of December 2020 to the 6th of October 2021. So let's take a look now at what's happening in Israel. A document has been released with Israeli physicians and scientists advising the FDA of severe concerns regarding reliability and legality of official Israeli COVID-19 data. Hmm, very, very interesting. The document briefly outlines one uh, lack of a public and transparent adverse events reporting system. Two, severe impairments in healthcare professionals, adverse events reporting system. So the healthcare professionals ain't reporting them. Uh, three, the data, uh, data distortions. <laughs> they have all cut the books when it comes to cases and deaths. We all know that. And four, legal and ethical violations in data collection processes. So that's what's going on in Israel, where they are the most vaccinated people on the planet and also suffering the worst from this, whatever you want to call it, COVID-19 malarkey. So things ain't all bad. <laughs> the tables are turning. Some countries will be worse than others with France, Italy, Australia, and I suppose New Zealand, followed closely by China, Joel's USA, with all the most, uh, all with the most draconian regulations. The UK probably coming next. Regulations that kept people sick. Regulations that made people die alone. It closed small businesses for the common man. You know, your regular almost satanic regular regulations and people wonder why there's so many stories about the rich and famous being a bunch of satanists what the fuck has happened to our precious planet our fair societies where did it all go wrong well i might be able to help you out there point you in the right direction to a set of documentaries called the pyramid of power Excuse me. The Pyramid of Power is a 16-part documentary series. Topics on uh, big education and big tech, for instance. It aims to expose the individuals and institutions which, which seek to manipulate our world. And I'm going to end it there. So go and check out these documentaries to get a better understanding on... Um, on the people trying to change our world, giving the powerful more power and the rich the rest of our money. So, until next time, toodle fucking do.